Everybody, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Little Ethel Merman. She's back. I've channeled Ethel. I thought I lost her when James left for the month. James took a break for the month. By the way, can we take breaks for a month? Apparently. Um, if you don't come back. See, that's the today's topic. James yeah. is trying a new thing. He's trying something he, new. Unemployment? <laughs> it's, called un, it's called unemployment. No. No, Juan. Hey, by the way, I went to the gym and saw Sky Boy. He says hi. Sky, Sky Boy, Boy says hi. Sky Guy? My cute Sky little... Sky Boy, Skyler. Or is it Sky Boy? We yeah. call him Sky Boy. And yeah. um, I, we don't call him Sky Boy. He is, he Sky, is Boy. Sky Boy. He's right here oh, flying Sky. around yeah, in the we studio. Still have pictures of his cute little yeah. red head. <laughs> I miss Sky. You know, I raised Sky from a pup. That's nice of you. But he was really a pup. He was literally a little dog. And he transformed. He, or you had a dog evolved. running the board. Yeah. One of those um, two. I don't know. Uh, so he looks good? He looks good, you know. I think he's getting some muscle, you know, just yeah, trying to get the ladies. You know, so. well, you know, I don't know if you guys know the story behind that. It's in the Bible. But um, there's a story the book about... Of Sky Boy. I must have missed that no, one. No, no, no. It's okay. the prodigal son. And no. I'm just the father waiting... For him to quit messing around and come home. He told me that he wants to give you a big hug. He wants to come in studio and be a guest and give you advice. Is that valid? Yeah. That, would that work? Well, that, let's just say that'll never happen. Oh, okay. Because what advice would Sky Boy give me? <laughs> yeah. Today, we got a great show. Wow. Today, um, fun topic, change and, and doing something new, trying something new. You know? Are, are you very good, Aaron, at trying something new? Uh, I wasn't. But I've gone through a lot of things, like an LDS mission. I'm going to get married in three weeks. Okay. That's a change. No. <laughs> is it not? Well, yeah, but this is what's Maybe. so fun. When we were talking about this segment, you said something that I've never heard anyone say. Oh, gosh. You said, hey, I think I'm going to try me a marriage. <laughs> Do you guys remember Did that? Did I say that? Yeah, you said it that way. Oh, man. Uh, right? Mike, Foot Mike was in my there. mouth. He did. I remember you said it. We all joked marriage. about it. I'm yeah. going to try me a marriage. See, now a lot of people, a lot of people wouldn't say well, isn't that, that how gonna... it works. No, you don't no. try a marriage. Well, you just get married. That's true. There's no like trial. I mean, unless right. you're in Hollywood, then those are trial marriages. <laughs> I guess the rest the of the word try sometimes. Oh yeah, go ahead. Do you get a free trial? No freeze. No. Oh. Thirty days. But day. if you don't send in your letter to cancel it. You, you're stuck. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in the contract. What, what, how do rebates work when you get There married? are no rebates. Oh, okay. But you're, so you're going to try a marriage in three weeks. I think I was using that word synonymously for like a new experience. Like I'm, I'm trying this. It's new. Maybe that's mm. why I said it because yeah, I thought maybe. about it and I was like, this is so new. I don't know what to expect. So yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. It's, well, be, it's a change. It's a, and you it's know kind what? of scary. Well, but are it's a you good scared? Change. Are you terrified? Uh, I don't. <laughs> terrified is probably not the right are word. You, are you completely like? She might be terrified. How about this word? Are you mortified? Mortified. Um, it's, yeah, it's that, that, is, that, that invokes death. Yeah, um, I think I'll live past. You my need 50s, not be hopefully. afraid. Yeah, billions of people have gotten married, and only half a billion have gotten divorced. So flip a coin. 
Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you don't need to be afraid. I think it's it's just the idea of, you know, trying new things. In general, in my life, whether it's a new job, a new school, a new city, yeah. it's hard for, maybe not for everyone, but in general it is. Change is not easy. I, and that's how I feel. Really? I, I like change. Do you like it? I it do. motivates some people. I like it a lot. Yeah. I actually can't do anything the same way twice. Is that why you're late sometimes? That's why you I'm late sometimes. not to go on the freeway? And honestly, sometimes I'm early. Yeah. It's what it is. It's just, I don't know what it is. I, I leave virtually, you know, about the same time every day, and yet some days people are just slower. Yeah. I think I'll go north on the road instead of south. Yeah. How I usually go. Do yeah, that like, makes sense. <laughs> Do you like change, Juan? Uh, it's one of those things that I know is good for me, but yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say I like it. I appreciate the benefits of it, but the yeah. actual process, it's hard. But that's it's what makes hard. it work. That's what makes it that's work. Right. My my brain likes change. Like it's it just says, try this, try this, try this, try this. I also get caught in ruts and routines, but I don't do it because I like the rut or the routine. I do it because I, you know, I just want to try something new. I, I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't not. I don't think about it that way. I just. But I wouldn't mind changing my life every couple months. Yeah. I find myself getting bored easy too, I guess. But would you agree, though, that our brains usually are used to things being constant in some way yeah. where we get complacent and it's like it feels good to be secure? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, so you feel that probably. But what makes you like change? Because like, for me, it's kind of rough. Like, it, well, I think I guess, I guess part of it, I wonder, is um, it's stimulating. It's uh, something yeah. new, right? Okay. But see, I don't know. You know but I wouldn't go change my wife every day. Okay. She wouldn't you, like that. No, so that's see, so that's something that will do. Do you say change st- your underwear every day? Again, very personal. Oh, okay. Very, uh, very personal. I was personal. just wondering. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah okay. if you have to know. <laughs> if you have to know, yeah. I do. Okay. But uh, so that's not the change I think we're talking about. We're talking more I wasn't about sure I had to clarify for But a like um I wouldn't be afraid to move. No. That'd be fun for Bring you. It on. Let's so you work well under pressure. You're a radio host. Not do you, really. Do you, no, no. You no. crack. Yeah, I crack. No, yeah. I just, I just like the anxiety though fuels you, maybe yeah. instead of breaking you down. Uh-huh. Unlike some people, it's the opposite. But then I might also like to change regularly. I mean, I, I like, I like my life to be different. I have a, I don't have one job where I do one thing. I have like six jobs where I do one thing. So in a way, you have a routine of change. Yeah. Can we put it that way? I like that. And that's actually – it works for me. But see, some people I know just can't stand that. They need to have their sweater vest. They need to have their – you know, they need to have their – Why did you think of sweater vest? <laughs> Is know. that the ultimate symbol of no, regularity and routine? kind of. But it's, it also just reminds me – like Mr. Rogers had the same routine. He'd come in. He'd zip up his coat. He'd sing a song. He'd wait for a trolley to come around his living room. And that's why he was awesome. He was incredible. Highly predictable for the youngins. That's true. We, on the other hand, as a show, we're not a very predictable show. No. It, oh, it's no. very unique. Well, you just said it like that was disappointing. Well, like, I was oh. just thinking of like when people board up who are new, it's just a, it's a ride. It's like a journey. <laughs> that's a change. Is that why we shoot that. through so many board ops all the time? Like I've gone through more board operators. <laughs> well, we than want anyone change, in this right? Company. So we figure we'll help you out by bringing a new one in. And Is that what see how the show goes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Let's try that. <laughs> Let's try that. So, uh, have you been doing some research? I've been or doing some little research. I think I, I agree with most of this. Um, I feel like we often seek out people who are like us too, who we feel comfortable with. We get in a comfort zone. 
Um, and then often with a new job or if we feel like it's time to move on, we also feel regret and think, oh, we don't want to waste, have our time wasted. So change can sometimes be scary because we'll look back on what we've already done. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we wasted that time. And so yeah. that's the negative way of thinking about it. See, I don't – I kind of look at everything I've ever done even though it was a little – like here's an example. I was an EMT on an ambulance for a year and a half, two years. That's kind hmm. of a waste if you're not going to stay in that industry. Hmm. But no, it actually led me to get a radio job because I understood the scanners and I understood what the where the ambulances were going and the fire trucks were going because I learned all that jargon. Well, so then I could take that change and fold it into uh, television, which was really helpful and handy. And look where that got me. Well, not to mention in the car today, you almost caught yourself on fire. I so actually you used catch. your skills today in I the did. car. I, there I, you go. Well, I didn't actually know I was on fire oh. until I smelled smoke. Yeah. So you'd think you would feel the fire. But no. So that whole thing, that wherever tr- there's smoke, there's fire? Yeah. It's true. it's true. Actually, I wasn't on fire, but a napkin was on fire. It was on fire, and you <laughs> grabbed that bottle of water, yeah. doused it? Not really. No. no. I just, no, you just, you know, I just yeah. grabbed the fire. You just grabbed it and smothered it with your, your bare, bare hands. hands. Yeah. Well, Matt, luckily, there was, hard, there was a lot of, of traffic, so we were going really slow. And then I tried to did call you guys. Did you get you stuck guys. in that, too? I got stuck in that. Did you get, down. I did. I did. And, I, and I tried to text everybody, but my phone was out of juice because I thought it was plugged in, but really, it wasn't. It was just causing a fire. Oh. Those darn phones causing fires. Yeah. Uh. But, <laughs> yeah. We've got a cool guest today. Um, her name's Jill Shepard. She happened to have been Miss uh, Miss Utah. Oh. That's, cool. That's a big deal. Th- there's not... I don't think there's a Mr. Utah. I think we ought to nominate. I was going to say. Maybe the Matt Townsend Show should be the sponsor of the Mr. Utah program. Well, I just saw Mike pointing at himself in the booth back Who there, would have I guessed? Know. Oh, you know I, I, don't I don't know, know, know what he's talking oh, about. Oh, man. That's a great point, though, Mike. You're lucky this is radio because otherwise everybody would have seen that. And then, like, I did not do that. Yeah. Let's ask Maddie um, who she thinks in on the show, which cast member of our show. Do we have a cast? Which team member of our show she thinks should be the first – of many, um, uh, what do we call it? First, Mister Utah. Well, it's obviously James. I mean, he Whoa. and I are secretly oh, dating, so of snap. course it's him. Oh my word! Is he even on the show? Hey, we need to give him no. a call now. No, somebody needs, needs to, to tell Matt. We should call him on the show <laughs> one of these days and somebody see what he's up to. It's been yeah. laid down. Tell the Maddie that her is... boyfriend is no longer on the show. Oh. Okay, well, if he's not on the show, then I quit. Okay. Uh, talk about change. He's back the 27th. You know what? Yeah, he'll be back. He's, He's coming. coming back. He's Don't coming worry. back. And then he'll be Mr. Matt Townsend and Mr. Utah. Wow. Oh. Okay, just in, That's in, a change. In, in um, you know, with, with James not here, who would you say is is then today's current Mr. Utah? Um, as of this very second? Yeah, just, let's just say somebody, let's just say somebody on the team that's here. That maybe has the show named after them. Sean. <laughs> He's oh, not even on. inside studio to hear that. <laughs> Dang. Can't That's even appreciate that. That's why I said that. it, because I didn't want to cause a fight uh, amongst the four of you. Okay, I guess Sean wins. Whatever. Well, no, I'd have to see your talents. I would have to. You can't be, see my could talents? Could be that guy over there? <laughs> oh, oh Juan is flexing, flexing right now. Me. Oh, was that a the point in flex? I think he was just pointing didn't at work. Sean. Okay, oh, whatever. Okay. okay, you guys, you know what? I'm taking the show back. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody get rid of that girl. De- derailed. Maddie. Hey, now you're in last place. I'm always in last place. Yeah, you, well, now you're at the very last behind everyone. Man. That means I moved up. Yes, right. it did. 
Give her a minute, Juan. <laughs> I'll be back down there You'll with you soon, I'm sure. Okay. Today we're talking change. We are going to take on this idea of creating a change in our life. Jill Shepard's going to be joining us again. She, um, For me, I, I love, and I met her a long time ago, but I love, I've heard her speak. I love her message. She was Miss Utah. Also, though, she is a U.S. military or was a U.S. military combat medic in the Utah National Guard. She has a nursing degree, and uh, she actually went to Afghanistan. Actually ran a marathon in Afghanistan. That's cool. And so she's going to come and teach us about change. The power of change. Think about your life. Are you one that can change very easily? Because one of the constants of life, you know, I've read, change. Yeah. It's not going to change. Change, it's a constant. So what are you going to do with it? Today we're talking uh, managing change. You don't have to be afraid of it. Jill Shepard up next with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Juan Mijares at the board. That's me. So happy to have you. Almost attorney Juan in two years. Is that almost? Is two years Well, almost? what I'm trying to do is uh, because you went and started a change in your life. You used to just – all you used to do is you were just into the radio. That's yeah. all you cared about. You headset, hey, here's my favorite headset. Mm-hmm. And now look at you. Now you're in law school creating a change. Big change. And in two years, you're going to start ruining people's lives. Another big change. And it's not just constrained to me either. I get to change a lot of things. I not only change my life, I can change your life legally. <laughs> Did you know that 98% of lawyers give all the rest a bad name? Yes. I, that's what I've heard. You know what I, I think? And I think true. that's unfair because there's 2% of lawyers that are incredible. Right. So and I just have to decide where I'm going to And they're fall. besmirched by the 98%. Right. Mm. Good. Just hey. not fair. We uh, have got a great topic today, change. Do you feel like you handle it very well? Do you feel like, uh, you know, you can manage the the different kind of nuances of life and go from here to there? And are you somebody that will step up and try everything, uh, even the things that maybe you didn't even think you'd be trying? Like what if you found out all of the sudden, somehow, in a really weird twist of fate, you're now in the Miss Utah pageant? That would be a twist. <laughs> For some of you, that would be a scary twist. But our guest today is Jill Shepard. And Jill, for me, um, I've seen her speak to youth before. She really has, a, I think, a, a very interesting story. Jill uh, is multifaceted, okay? Very simply, she's a combat medic in the U.S. Army, was. She's a marathon runner. She's Miss Utah in 2007, an ER nurse, an author, a wife, a mother, and... To boot, a blonde. And apparently they have more fun. Jill Shepard, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, uh, explain the story about how you you got into all of this. Because it's not often you see, you know, kind of the Miss America pageant queen, also then in fatigues, and in Afghanistan. It's true. I mean, it has happened, but it is rare. That's yeah. true. You don't see it as much because they are just very different personalities and the army definitely fits more of my personality and that's the one i joined first i researched that at 17 years old did you know and you wanted to be in, you're like i want to be in the army no no and no one in my family extended family or anything was in the army and i just 
started, there was a booth set up in my high school, and I just started asking the recruiter questions to know if all the horror stories that you see on the reality TV shows, is yeah. that true? Okay, it's like, do they really do that? I was just curious. And yeah. then he must have been a good record, recruiter because he's like, hey, did you know that the <laughs> Army? And anyways, he got the ball rolling. It was like a snowball was, uh, and it planted a seed, and I just couldn't get it out of my mind. It was my senior year of high school, and it was the fall, and I joined five months later, about March of 2001, so prior 9-11, and it was just two weeks after my 18th birthday. So it was before wow. I even graduated high school that I joined the Army, because it was, it freaked out my family a little bit. Like, they, <laughs> they thought, okay, this is just a phase, like, you're going to do this. Yeah, you'll grow you out of it. Try something, yeah, like, for a month, sure, you're going to go talk to the recruiter, no big deal. <laughs> but, you know, a few times, they're like, okay. My mom was like, um, let me come with you this time. And, um, and they just realized, wow, this is Jill. This is you. And it was me. Like, I was, I mean, it's not like, a, I was just a different, I, was, I don't know, I was just weird in high school. Like, I was so disciplined. I would go to bed at 8.30. Wow. And um, wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Just so just I to go do, just to go running? Just to go to the yeah, mess hall? Yeah, go to the gym, make sure I can get in my workout, whatever, before school. And I didn't even allow time to shower before school. I would come in back wow. home and blow dry, blow dry the sweat in my hair so I could. And I would be so regimented with my food and disciplined with. And so it was just, I lived a very disciplined and regimented life. Everything according to my schedule. And that's what I do. That's what I'm. Um, that's one of my strengths and also probably a huge weakness. Is it? Too. It's a good and bad thing. Yeah. It's a good and bad thing. Well, which is probably um, why you were drawn to the military, right? Because of the regimen and the discipline and the... Well, it was something I knew I could handle. And, but granted, it was a challenge nonetheless. It yeah. took me beyond anything mentally, emotionally, physically. But I was like, you know what? I'm prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And I know what I'm getting into. And I love a challenge. I love to push myself and... It was something new, but it felt right. It just was something I knew. And, of course, the medical experience, because my dream to be a nurse, too, and to be a combat medic in the Army. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a win-win situation. It's going to pay for my school. So I did Army National Guard, and so I just had to do one week in a month. So I was a part-time soldier, and then I could be a, a college student at the same time. And it was just like, wow, this is the best of both worlds. And they were paying for school. Yeah. It, it really was just a great situation, and so I figured, why not? And then, but you know, six or so months after I joined, nine um, eleven hit, mm. and wow, that just really changed my uh, perspective. Because I was like, oh, okay, I'm joining National Guard. There's a chance I could be called up for national defense or like hurricane duty or something like that, and that I was prepared for. That's really, you know, kind of what National Guard does. But right. we were hit so hard, they needed everyone, not just active duty, to be deployed. They needed the National Guard. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a bigger deal. So my life could be changing even more than I <laughs> thought. So in a, in, a, so, yeah. in a few years, you went from, or in a few months, you went from a high school senior, that was just a little strange, uh, in a good way, to a to a guardsman, guard, a person, member of the Guard, uh, probably, uh, I guess, getting into pre-nursing, and then nine eleven hits, and now you may actually be called up. Yeah, and and then I actually didn't leave the boot camp till 
the following January, January 2002. So I left the training, and so, like, our drill sergeants, they're already your enemy and mm-hmm. pretending things are like war. But since our nation was attacked, they they really trained you for that type of warfare. And I was like, and it was real, because I was like, it wasn't like, hey, we could be hit. Like, this has happened. You guys are going to war. And it was rea- it was it really became more real the training because it's like yeah. this isn't um, something that oh yeah okay we could get hit or something like that well there could be war we were in wartime in 2002 when I got trained at boot camp and Ugh. and so it was different and then I came home for about a year and a half got back into school started nursing school even got in and then I got the call it was November of oh gosh 2003. And so it was kind of the following. So I was in already two and a half years before I had um, finally got that call. Because, you know, more time went by. I was like, oh, are we going to get called? Are we going to go anywhere? Yeah. And then it happened. How many tours like, did you do? Just one? How many? Um, no, like I know since I've gotten out, I did, I did eight years. Oh, man. Army. And when I got out in 2009, I know my unit have gone back since or whatever. And uh. so um, it just kind of falls, you know, when you're, if you're full time, I mean, if you go, you know, 20 years, how long you're in. And, yeah. and so I did one tour. Yes. I know if I had been in maybe a year or two longer, I, I definitely probably would have been um, deployed again for sure. But you were, and then, so you went, you, you're in Afghanistan and um, not yet a nurse, but where you were still trained, I guess, as a medic. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and yet, and I remember the stories you told about how that changed you. Talk about that for a minute. And I, I just remember the stories you're talking about the children of oh, Afghanistan. Yes, and that actually drove me, the children there is what drove me to be a pediatric nurse today. Which that's is what you like, are today, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's. That's where I fell in love with kids. I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. And granted, it gave me a lot of experience. I, I, I mean, where I worked, where I was assigned, they have every medic and medical person assigned to their station. And um, you, I was assigned to, to kind of an aid station. It was like an Instacare. Yeah. And we took care of the aviation soldiers in that um, uh, of that compound there. And... Yeah, we, uh, it was open 24-7 for injuries. The more serious injuries that came in from, like, small bases, remote bases in the mountains. I mean, I, I, I lived on a big base, Bagram Air Base. Yeah. And those, um, those smaller bases were definitely attacked more often. We were attacked and rocket attacked and those types of things, yes. But the smaller bases are definitely in more dangerous, extremely dangerous territories. And those were flown to the hospital. Mm. And that was a few... Um, uh, units or compounds down, and then um, we, and that was at the U.S. Army Hospital, and it was set up. It was a tent. The hospital was a tent. So oh man! My year, I know, it was really just like smashed. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the my tour, they had um, made the hospital a little bit more substantial, and they were plywood walls. At least oh, by good. The end of my year. So you went from and canvas so, to plywood. Yeah, it's so it a little well, bit more substantial. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. <laughs> yes. So you, every unit that gets deployed there, they try to upgrade yeah. and leave it better than they they were. Give them a little hope, arrived. huh? Yeah. It, it really is, Jill. Again, we're talking with Jill Shepard, who 
Today's topic is about change, and um, I kind of have always seen her as somebody that that goes with what life presents her and finds a way to create the change in her life. She she just went from a, a student in high school, National Guard, nursing program, eventually um, went and and was uh, was deployed to Afghanistan. You know, worked her way up as a medic. By the way, and and worked her way up uh, in the military, eight years in the military. Then I guess you come home. What, what do you what is a what do you do when you come home? And I can hear you've got your kids too. So let's not forget you're a mom of two girls. Is that right? Now, yeah. Sorry, they're kind of. No, I, I'm just glad. I'm glad that's your daughter. It sounded. Yeah, you're good. I was worried that something else was going on. Like you were. I don't know. No, they're good. Hey, um, actually, yeah, I, get, I guess I get home from Afghanistan. Yeah. And um, it had approached more change as anybody does. Yeah. You know, just as life goes on. Yeah. Do do this. We're going to take a break. But I when we come back, I want you to you're, you're going to teach us a about change. But I want to hear about how on earth this really tough, strong, smart army medic somehow gets into the Miss Utah pageant and then goes on to the Miss America pageant where you win America's Choice in the Miss America pageant. So we're going to take a break. Again, we're talking with Jill Shepard, mom, medic, nurse, uh, author, just a great example of change. And uh, we're learning. We're learning how we make it through change. You know, when life's constantly changing, you're going to have stuff thrown at you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More on Taking advantage, growing through change. This is uh, the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show. Today, folks, we are talking about trying new things, managing the changes of our life. When you think about it, life's going to just keep happening. And eventually, you might need to step up and be willing to try the things that life has thrown at you. Uh, maybe it's trying a new career. Maybe it's, you know, signing up for the military, get, a, get an education, just kind of do something in the guard. And then all of a sudden, boom, a huge national. Uh, attack. And all of a sudden, you're going to be serving in Afghanistan. But when Jill Shepard went to Afghanistan, she's our guest today. She she went as a combat medic. Uh, She also, though, she didn't waste any time there. She fell in love with the kids, fell in love with the people. But one thing she also did as a runner, she she ran a marathon, the inaugural Afghanistan Marathon, um, you know, where you're running through a minefield. Is that right, Jill? You know, it, it really, you know, uh, yes, it, it pretty much was. They they warned us when um, even training for the marathon or when I just wanted to run, I didn't know they were going to have a marathon later in my deployment. But I asked them where we were allowed to run, and they were like, yeah, this is our route. Just you got to be a little careful because we haven't cleared out all the mines. <laughs> yeah, watch we out for the minefield. <laughs> Watch out for the yeah, minefield and the really, snake pit. It like, was kind of that way because it was a dirt road. Yeah. And there was a barbed wire fence on both <laughs> on each side of me that had signs that yeah. mined. Minefield. On, and I was like, okay, yep, this is for sure a minefield. And they um, 
They said they cleared up most of them. They were like, just try to watch where your stuff comes Yeah, I'm pretty sure we got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> hey, um, then you come back from uh, from the war, basically. You're still, you know, you're a tough cookie. You're a tough girl. Um, how on earth did you unexpectedly get into the Miss Utah pageant? Well, you know, I, I wonder the same thing. <laughs> it really was more of um, the director of student involvement. Was, he was also a dear friend because I was involved in many clubs and organizations back at Southern Utah University because yeah. I love to keep busy and to be, to be involved. And this, um, he just said, hey, you should run for Miss SCU. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I think you're confusing me with so-and-so. You know, I don't do that stuff. Yeah. I, I didn't even own a pair of high heels. I wore sandals to church. You had boots. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and running shoes. And I was like, sorry, that's... Um, but he was serious, and he told me how the benefits and the change you can make. Because hmm. I know that um, with um, with girls, with passion girls, I was like, oh, great. You know, you there's the stigma. You just wave your hand and look pretty. Yeah, yeah. And... And I was like, okay, I don't want to be associated with that. That is not me. Right. And um, so he said that, yeah, they can really make a difference, create organizations, and And so I thought, well, why not? I haven't really done anything feminine in my life. And so I thought that, that, yeah, I could really. But, you know, one thing I read in your bio that was so interesting to me is, um, I mean, you you grew up, so everyone just, oh, yeah, sure, everything was easy for Jill because Jill was just gorgeous and talented and, you know, and could carry a gun and had a really good (laughs) shot and um, knew how to throw a hand grenade, throw a hand grenade. But you, you, you grew up, your parents divorced. You you uh-huh. you kind you had a a little bit of, I don't know what we call it a distorted kind of body image a distorted self image or image about your body right? Um, I did yeah uh, kind of through I went through that in, in high school a little bit. But and then all of a sudden yeah. you're in you're in the pageant program so you had to kind of overcome a lot of beliefs about yourself that it's you know you're going to well, put yeah, a dress I mean, it's on and challenging in a different way you know boot camp was mentally, emotionally, and physically challenging, and so is this yeah. in a very different way that I was like, wow, this is a whole different army of women. <laughs> and um, It was a lot of estrogen, which I wasn't used to because you're the minority in sure. the army. And, um, but yes, I had to um, believe in myself that, okay, I'm not like a model out there and stick figure and everything. I've got... Um, some thicker legs for all the muscle that I, you know, yeah. just from the you're running marathons, backpacks, right. <laughs> the things, and it's and so it definitely had me dig deep, and it's just like realized that you know I am beautiful for how I am and mm. different, and I have, what a great thing that I'm different. And granted, it there was roller coasters where I didn't yeah. believe that, and you go up and down, and and then you realize, okay, no, that I I am this, I am supposed to be different. This is great. I don't have to be like everybody else. And hey, shoot that, straight I with think me. Helped me. Tell me this: which is which was more dangerous, uh, the middle of a war zone in Afghanistan, or behind the uh, behind the curtain at the Miss America pageant? Oh, oh my gosh! I mean, I, I mean, I could, I imagine you're more likely to get shot behind the curtain at the Miss America pageant. Oh, really? And that's what I felt like, that it was just like all these judgments 
yeah. as bullets is really what I, I saw them as. It was being thrown at me as you're up there on stage and how true that was. And I, yeah, I remember thinking and during the Miss America competition, I was like, oh my gosh, please get me back in a foxhole. <laughs> I'd give awful. anything to be around a bunch of men in a foxhole right yes, now. Yes, where you just didn't care about, you know, it was just so worldly too. Like it just wasn't because I was so used to just being the same as everyone and everyone was just camouflaged and you didn't care what you looked like and if you were camping out in a tent for a week yeah, or whatever right. and you smelled. Hey, which is harder? Answer me this. Miss America pageant, military, or raising your baby right there? <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're great. Throwing but, a little tantrum right now. Um, <laughs> but you know what? This, this is exactly how I feel with my radio show team here. So we all relate. We're all very close to you. But, but, but it just it's funny to me because the irony is it's just one thing after another, isn't it, Jill? It's like you just it's the same thing, though. You just go in and you conquer it. You go in and you conquer it. You have a baby. You got to go figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, and I love that. It's just like, OK, what's I don't want to keep to the same thing. And just like always have this like, oh, my life is so predictable. Yeah. And I love like, OK, what's. What's another adventure we can plan for? Or and not necessarily plan for, but let's go try something new. And um, that's what I love. And I like to try new things that I haven't. And um, granted, as you get older, <laughs> it gets a little more difficult because it's kind of you get comfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is very nice. And so I would say my adventure side has definitely like... Oh, let's keep it safe. Let's, yeah, it's safe let's adventure. Not risky. <laughs> it's it's true though. You don't want you don't want to risk. I mean, now you got kids. You've got your husband. You don't want to you don't want to risk. You know, big problems, big issues. Yeah, and especially yeah, and it's. Um, I'm so sorry no. with my girls. <laughs> are, are they? Are there? Are there? Just give us a little play by play. Are they? Are they actually going at each other now? Are there two of them fighting? No. <laughs> They're not fighting. Okay. Because it sounded like one <laughs> no, had the upper hand. They're starting to become friends. Uh, the three-year-old does love the boss. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's... But, um, yeah. Talk, talk we, about I it. Change, so... We'll, we'll talk about um, a little bit just how... What do you do... I mean, you try to keep your life interesting, but a lot of times with kids, too, it, it's... It, whether you make it interesting or not, it's going to get interesting. But talk about... Yeah, no how, how do you... What are some of the things you've learned about about people and about, um, I mean, you've been from Afghanistan all through the Miss America pageant. What do you see kind of that is inherent in, in humankind? Um, people love to help each other. There is that. I, I, I noticed that in the locals of Afghanistan and soldiers and people here that there's, I don't know, you see this. You don't think people are out to kill you and that they're out to help you. And I, I really just noticed that, you know, that people really just try to do good. And I loved that. It was kind of just more of like, wait, this isn't a bad world. And these people over here in Afghanistan and these kids are just trying to live their life like we are and build each other up and those types of things. Granted, it's just very different, different circumstances. And I, I think that's just the theme. And, like, there's that stigma with pageant girls, too, that these girls are very self-serving yeah. or whatever. But I 
found being in the middle of it that a lot of them aren't. And that mo- and most of these people are just genuine, hey, what can I do to help you? And girls were in a pinch, something happened, and boom, every girl was there to help. And um, and they just had your back, and it really felt like there was good battle buddies throughout all stages of life. There's people to help you, and I, I found that there's, there's good in all that, and that's really reassuring. Well, that's huge, especially um, as you're sitting in the middle of <laughs> – a difficult situation anyway to to at least sense that there's goodness there's kindness that people all people aren't out to crush you hey let's do this yeah. we're, we'll take a break uh when we come up uh, come back i'd love to just get into um fear because a lot of times it seems like we don't try new things because we're afraid and then it seems like sometimes you got yourself into some situations that you probably didn't even know were going to be that scary <laughs> At first. Oh, yeah. Well, I maybe knew they were going to be somewhat scary, but then, yeah, they ended up being like even more so. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we'll come back again. We're talking with Jill Shepard. She really does it all from emergency room nurse in a pediatric uh, hospital. She's been a Miss America pageant contestant. In fact, uh, you know, she's the real deal and has run a marathon through a minefield. So what have you done with your life, for heaven's sakes? More with Jill Shepard. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about trying new things. And uh, we have, I think, the best example we could ever draw from is Jill Shepard. Jill Shepard has tried, I think, everything. And, uh, you know, not in kind of a random way. She's been fairly much just herself. And in this journey of herself, Jill has served in the military as a combat medic in Afghanistan. She's earned five medals for her outstanding service there and was the first female finisher of the inaugural Afghanistan Marathon. And she has, by the way, run 18 marathons that she's completed, which is uh, which is the real deal. More importantly, she is um, also was chosen one of the four women of, for the Women of Strength featured in Muscle Fitness Hers magazine. Whoa, she's ripped. Let's just say that. Um, also... She is uh, a finalist and um, actually ended up one of the finalists in the Miss America pageant, but ended up winning America's Choice for Miss America And um, back in 2008. She's married to Carrie Shepard, and they are enjoying the beginning of their little family. They have two little girls that we've actually heard a lot from on the show today. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> Cutest but you know what, Jill is the real deal. They are verbal, which is great because someday, you know, maybe they can have a radio show. But what's what's cool, Jill, is I think it just makes your life more real, right? I mean, this is you. You're handling it. It's you're doing great. Um, it doesn't sound like I'm handling it with the, with well, the like, background. Well, you are because if you were like some of us, you'd be like quiet, and then they'd all stop, and then they'd scream again. Talk about um, talk about just what gets you through challenges what 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 is it that drives you to challenge yourself and what is it that gets you to be willing to try so many things oh, I think uh, what gets me through challenges is uh, the fun in the fun in the journey like oh okay what am I gonna learn from this and or 
um, and seeing how much I've learned just in the challenge, I think that's what gets me the growth yeah. that you get from challenges. And I love that because that's the only way to grow. You don't grow unless you're pushed yep. in life. And, um, and I, that's, that's what drives me to finding new adventures and, the new adventure is a challenge of now with kids. Because, I mean, before all these challenges were single. And yeah. now with the family, it's like, okay, how can we do this together as a family and grow and push ourselves? And Is your husband uh, pretty supportive? Is, is he also as into challenge and, you know, and, and just bite, yeah. taking the big bite um, out of life? Oh, uh-huh, he is. And um, he... Uh, he was a football player at Utah State and uh, was very driven and pushed there. Um, and he loves to do new things and adventurous things. Uh, but it, it definitely, with kids, has presented <laughs> a, a different type of challenge on yeah. how to do that. And more of the challenges, I guess, right now, since our kids are so young, you know, three and 18 months, and our third is on the way, that we just... Our challenge is like, okay, what can we do in the home? Let's uh, let's make this fun and exciting, and how can we grow? Yeah, being at home. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And we just uh, want to hopefully instill that with, you know, uh, family time each week, and just how we can instill that learning and challenge as not just a message, but how can we challenge us each week? What's the challenge I'm going to present? Uh, to to my kids, uh, and so that's that's huge. It's a challenge for me. It's a yeah. challenge for me, but it's it's a project I am actually currently trying to build and work on. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, I think your life's a great example of it. I get. I mean, none of us know how it's going to go. It's just what's yeah. what I think is great is great. So you you did the military, then you did the opportunity, and you you in your school you progressed. You got a nursing degree. You went to Miss America. Or you miss Utah, miss America, and you didn't know how this would all fly. You didn't. You probably didn't know you'd be writing a book. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just everything was just kind of like, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> I had no. My family was just like, all right, what are you doing this week? What's <laughs> happening now? And like, they just kind of yeah became used to it. And it was just like, I don't know. You just never know what's going to happen, and that's what's fun. And I just think that's why we are so blessed to be in America, because the opportunity happens like that, where you can make the change. You can, and the opportunity happens, and you've just got to be open to it, but you've also got to be, um, get yourself ready for it, too. Yeah. And there's moments for it. And granted, we have a different type of change and opportunity with our little ones now, and it's a little bit more laid back and just growing our family, but I hope to get our kids involved in that when they're older and prepare them for that in the future. And I, it's about just teaching it to the next generation. You know, I've been thinking about a way that with your incredible skill set, you could change the world. Maybe we could eliminate war by turning all of our military, all of our armed forces into pageants. And we just have a, we just have a pageant program where instead of the U.S. going to war well, with another country... The other way around, turn all our pageant programs into all the sports. Oh, hey, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. We have a boot camp. I think that more people will be watching us. We see the contestants be doing push-ups. That's right. Marksmanship training. But see, one of the great things is... See, to me, you're, you're a great outcome of the pageant program, and I guess a lot of us really don't probably understand it enough. I mean, some are thinking the, the, la- the last great thing that came out of the pageant program was Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> 
But the reality is, you're, you you probably you got scholarship money. You were able to go to school. You you worked your yeah. way through uh, a really you know a, a maze uh, and, and a, a minefield. No, you know, no pun intended. Yeah, it, it literally was like that. It was like a, just very two different worlds, but so relatable at the same time. Oh sure. And it really was. And um, they shape you when you go into and you step into new shoes. I like to say it. And you try on a new pair of shoes in life, and it's like, well, where are these going to take me? And you begin to tell your own story. And it's not going to be the same as anybody else's. Everyone does it differently and walks in their shoes differently. Yeah. And they and they're, and it's just a, a great thing to see how who you become in each pair of shoes that you wear. What, what would you say to these people, just all of us, that are, are kind of, we're just afraid. We're afraid to... Take the bite off of the of life and go and go after something. What what would you recommend? Just as somebody that's kind of been through it in so many different ways, what what is there waiting for us if we're willing to risk a bit? Um, a, a new you, if that's what you want. I mean, maybe people are just content, like, hey, I'm content how I am. Then there, those type of people really are just never going to change if they're like, hey. I'm I'm good with how I am, but if they like, oh, I want something different, but they're scared, they've just got to realize that that's how that change comes, and you have to take that first step. It's a leap of faith, and it's just it is the hardest step to put on those new pair of shoes, and um, you've really got to realize not necessarily the end result because sometimes that's hard to do because it seems so far. Yeah, it's baby steps. And, you know, like a marathon to think, oh, my gosh, I've got to run 26 miles. <laughs> but it's like, no, let's just start out with a 10K. <laughs> yeah. And you take it piece by piece. And I thought it was ridiculous when I first started running. I was like, I am never going to run a marathon. Those people are ridiculous. They look miserable. Why? Yeah. Why would they volunteer to put themselves to that type of torture to run for three to four hours? And right. really, all of a sudden, I ran nine miles. And I was like, oh, let's just try 10. And mm. I found myself running 16. And so I think if they take it, you know, when you bite an elephant uh, or whatever, you take, the hey. whole goal is an elephant and you take one bite at a time. Yeah. And you really. You're not you're not eating elephants, are you? No, you take it one piece at a time. And <laughs> yeah. so I think when they're scared, it's just like, OK, um, what will um, let's just set a smaller goal to get me to that point. Yeah. And when they try a new challenge, a new fear, realize, okay, I'll grow this much already if I even go this far. Maybe I won't make it to the end. Maybe I will. But if I even attempt and try this, that's already some growth. And maybe, yeah, maybe you won't accomplish it that first time. But when you do it again or try something new again, you'll be more apt to go farther. Well, and, and, and even, really yeah, is. and learn, but you've also, I mean, sometimes it's just the journey, isn't it? Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you, you yeah, don't ever end up running a marathon, but you do, you did run the nine miles and you got to 16. And all the people you're training with and talking yeah. with and the conversations and the blisters and the toenails that you lose or whatever, yeah. those are the stories and that's the journey. And, you know, when you take on 
different things. I mean, it doesn't have to be physical like that. It can be mental, like, wow, maybe I'll learn a language. Mm-hmm. And the journey and the struggle, maybe that you do that together as a family. Or I took on a challenge this, this last fall to make a quilt. I wanted to do something domestic. Really? <laughs> and I made my first quilt, and it will probably be my last. <laughs> and <laughs> I did it, and I was so proud of myself. And um, But there's that pushed me because I am not crafty. In any way, and this was all right. This is something new, and I did it. Checked it off my list, and I probably won't do it again. But (laughs) it was great to push that myself that way. We we have about thirty seconds. What uh, What's next for Jill? Like, what's the next? I mean, you got the quilt down, so you kind of got that out of your system. (laughs) What uh, What's the next big adventure? I think really just preparing for a be a mom of three no yeah you're you're carrying <laughs> your third world a little bit yeah. i think <laughs> you know that was kind of a dumb question because honestly you don't need another adventure you i think i think yeah, your I hands think, are full my life doesn't exist it's after the fall right now i'm just kind of blinded yeah. right now it's just like okay let's just get to september and yeah. we'll be good and, and this we'll take it one week at a time <laughs> that's you know that's a great attitude which is really how you got through so much of this. Well, Jill, we so appreciate it. And honestly, we're we're proud of you, A, for your service. And we thank you for your service in the military. Also, just for being such a great role model. Well, you are so kind. Thank you for this wonderful chat and for your patience with my no, I, in the background. That was it. The whole time I'm sitting there like, somebody needs to get that kid. And then I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm being a dad right there. Honey, grab the kid. <laughs> the kid's making noise. And then I realize, oh, Jill's yeah. the only one there. Well, Jill, I'm we... I'm an ER nurse. They prepared me for that. I know. That's, sure. that's what I'm thinking. That kid could not be in better hands. Not only his mommy, but a nurse. <laughs> Jill, you're the best. Take care of yourself. And uh, for, you you know, for the next little while, you don't need boots or high heels. Just some... Flippers. flippers. Just some yeah. simple little <laughs> flippers right for the pool and slippers for the home. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Jill. Thank you. And uh, take care of yourself and your girls. Well, good stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, Jill's the real deal. Don't mess with that woman. A, she can, she'll pop you, but she's doing it. And to me, that was, that's, that's it. She's just, she's the perfect metaphor of change. Taking life one day at a time. Today we run a marathon. Tomorrow we have our third child under three life. It just keeps coming at you. We're going to take a break. We're going to keep talking today about trying new things, dealing with the curves that life uh, you know, throws at you, those curveballs. Coming up next, though, our own Sean O'Neill is going to teach us how to get our kids to try new things. Good luck with that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are taking on the concept of trying new things. Are you somebody who, you know, reaches out of your comfort zone and tries something new? I remember the first time I tried sushi. Mm -hmm. Gross. (laughs) Now I love it. Can't get enough of it. Really? Yeah. What changed? Not a big sushi fan myself. I think I got older and my taste buds Taste buds deteriorated. Have you tried the octopus yet? I've tried octopus. A little chewy. Way chewy. Mm-hmm. And I can't get over the idea that it's an octopus. 
That's why I like um, squid. What do they call that? Oh, yeah. Calamari. 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 Well, that's you, see, you call it something else besides yeah. squid. Of course you're going to eat it. You call it like noodle roni. There you go. It's like noodle roni, then bread it, fry it, boom. Call it Italian fish. Mm-hmm. Or it's like snails <laughs> or escargot. I know. They try, I tried I've that. I've tried escargot. That's, it's just gross. I will try almost anything. Anything once. you're going to kill in your yard, mm. I wouldn't try. But that's just it. Escargot is, is raised snails. They're not from your garden. Where are they raised? In a hot tub and a nice On a farm. Beach. Yeah. In a dirt mm-hmm. hole. No. And they le- Have you ever seen the trail that a snail leaves? Yes, I have. That's all you need to know. And I saw the garlic trail that the escargot was leaving, and it was delicious. <laughs> garlic makes anything better. That's true. <laughs> that's actually very that is true. so true. That's one thing. That's one thing. I, I garlic grew, butter. I grew up in mm. California, just north of Gilroy. Never went to the garlic festival. Why? And I should have. Man, see, one, that's a place you didn't I need try to go. It. That's something you should have tried. It is. I you never did. It. And now you can't get enough garlic. You just. Well, I don't know about enough. Well, you, you can't get enough snails. That's oh, I've had enough snails. Snails aren't at the top of my list. Uh, no, oysters? mine either. Love oysters. Never tried them. I, I like mussels. You need to try oysters. I know. I'm not big on oysters. I've tried oysters. Did you see? Did you? Did you see Juan's mussels? <laughs> He's doing the flex <laughs> <Right>. point, and <laughs> yeah. um, it's hard to see. Yeah, look him at these water guns. His shirt's not very tight, but I don't think it would matter. I mean, not too rude. But well, it's a little it's, late for that, yeah, but yeah. it's hard. It's just hard to see. <laughs> hey, so Sean, we're, we want our kids to try stuff. I can't get my kids to try anything, any vegetable. They, okay. They'll just look at me like, "No, we're not doing that." Well, um, I've I've found actually a plan online okay. to try and get your kids to try new foods, but I want to talk about something else a little bit first, okay. because there's an article here uh, from HitchedMag.com from Dr. Eric Fisher. Ooh. And he says, you should encourage your kids to pursue the experiences and adventures that they feel are worth taking when looking at the options and safety considerations while being willing to pick up the pieces when they fall. Hmm. So you so encourage sh- your kids to try new things, but if they try something and they fail, be there for them. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't want to see. Well, would, yeah, they'll, they, quit fa- they'll quit trying. Well, here's, here's, here's something that he brought up. Here's a, here's a little scenario for yeah. you. He was, he was at a park with his daughter, and there were two 12-year-old girls playing on a piece of playground equipment that spins around while the kids hold on. You know, the little merry-go-round oh, yeah. things that, you, that aren't mm-hmm. in parks anymore? Yeah, because they're the death wheel. Exactly. So uh, there was a four-year-old girl there, and she was asking her mother if she could play on that equipment with the older girls. Hmm. And the mother said, well, oh, those girls are much bigger than you, and if you get on that with them, you're going to fall off. And if you fall off and get hurt and start crying, I'm not going to come over there to help you. And if you get hurt, I'm going to say, I told you so. Then I will leave you in the park to die. Exactly. <laughs> Love you, Mom. I mean, so <laughs> what, do you, what do you think the little girl did, though? I'll stay here. After her mother. Yeah. Well, she just, no, she just basically slumped, slumped down in the seat. And, yeah, that's sad. I know. No, you got to say, you go, you bust your mm-hmm. head open. Mama be here. <laughs> Mama be here. <laughs> it's not but good yeah, English. But you know, that, I mean, that's, that's a little drastic, but that's what you need to do. That's right. You need Help to pick en- up the pieces. If you don't encourage your kids to do some new things, to be, how are they going to have an open mind about trying yeah. something else? They're not. You're scaring them away. And you know what that is? That's the, that's the mother's fear talking. It is. She's, yes. So she scares them away from trying new things, and then later we can't figure out why they don't try things. Mm-hmm. And, and dads do it too, by the way. Oh, oh yes, I have. 
And, you know, people out in our audience right now might be thinking, well, that girl could get hurt on that piece of equipment. Well, so then try maybe something like this. Okay, I feel concerned that if you go over and jump on that spinning wheel, you could get hurt with the bigger girls on it. So why don't you see if you could play on it with them and ask them if they'll go slow enough that's so that you don't fall off. Great. That's great. And if you'd like me to go over there and help you, I will. Yeah. See? Fear is not a good way to motivate no. people to grow. I use it with my kids when they won't put the cut their seatbelts on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's a cop, there's a cop, there's a cop. Get your seatbelts on. And they hurry and get them on. <laughs> and, then, and then they're just neurotic. I don't, they, don't, they don't do it to save their life. They do it because they're afraid there's a cop. Or I say, do you know what happens if you don't put your seatbelt on? You're a projectile. Do you know what a projectile is, son? Yes. That is a, that's like a bullet that flips around this car, and mm-hmm. you'll not only you know, kill us, you'll kill yourself. And then you'll leave a 12-year-old shaped hole in the windshield. Huh? Let me show you some pictures of people. There and then I usually cool. go to a picture, like they taught me in driver's ed. There you go. This is what happens when you Blood on the pavement. Seatbelt. Blood on the pavement. <laughs> it's sad, but <laughs> isn't that funny? We use fear, and then we wonder yeah. why <laughs> exactly. everyone's so leery of trying things. You can do it, but you can't come back. Okay. So with that in mind, yes. let's move on to trying new foods. Yes, okay. Okay. So this is from Dina Rose. She did a guest post on PositiveParentingSolutions.com. Uh, okay. She says, so how do you teach your children your way to healthy eating? Hold on. My way? Your way. Okay, my, I don't have a way to healthy eating. Okay. So I'm going to teach them your way. Okay. Well, it's not my way. <laughs> This is, this is don't look at me. Is this? this is Dina Rose's okay. way. Good. But what does your child need to learn in order to eat differently? For some, for most kids, the answer comes in some form or combination of these lessons right here. Okay, here we go. You want to teach them how to feel safe tasting new foods, enjoying new flavors, cope with challenging textures, <laughs> value mm-hmm. the goal of eating new foods, and develop the habit of eating different foods on different days. Wow. Hmm. Whose kids now, are these? Yeah. So she has six <laughs> steps yeah. to try this. First of all, before you you know, even throw some new foods out there, talk to your children about this goal. And you want to yeah. let them in on this game plan. Hey, we gotta, we're going to try new foods. Exactly. But that, I mean, that way you're not surprising them with it. Yeah. Sometimes, though, the surprise works. Well, like, hey, yeah, mom, what's, it, what's in our hamburger? But, Don't but, ask questions. But if, but if you just throw a new food out there yeah. and say you have to try That's it, true. the kid's going to feel ambushed. Well, and just teach them this is like a process of life. We're going to exactly. do this. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. I mean, if I can you, do that. If you, you know, it's like trying a new comic book. Come on. Oh. You see a new character in a comic book. Well, yeah, maybe I want to read that one. Hold it. Comic books. <laughs> You got to say it's like it's trying a new different. app. You got to try a new app. Okay, a new app. We're talking to our the new generation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember. I'm when, so much older than it's you. Like watching one of them moving pictures. Exactly. <laughs> you got to choose a moving so, picture. Uh, the first thing with actually doing the food part, yeah. implement the rotation rule using your food using foods your children already enjoy. Macaroni. So what's the rotation rule? You rotate in a really weird texture, no. flavor, color. Don't serve any food except milk. Two days in a row. Hmm. Interesting. Don't serve any food except milk two days in a row. Two days in a row. That's cool. Because you'll mix up the foods your children are already eating, and you're teaching them the habit of eating different foods on different days. That's a great idea. Mm Mm-hmm. So this will lay the foundation of introducing new foods. 
I like you. Uh, next, lower your expectations. <laughs> this is for the parents. Yeah, they don't need to eat the whole eggplant. Exactly. I thought you were saying, like, this food is going to be terrible, kids, so watch out. Oh, like that. Yeah. Well, you, okay, so let's say you make some chili and you want them – you probably tell your children that you, all you want for them to do is taste the chili that you prepared for dinner. Deep down, you want them to do more than that. You want to finish the bowl. Right. You're hoping that they're going to actually eat the whole bowl, but that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So as long as they taste it, celebrate a single solitary taste. What if all you can celebrate is that they like – they they touch the bowl? I don't know. Or they didn't give it to the dog. Yeah, or they didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. So take the surprise out of new foods is the next step. Okay. No one wants to try a food completely blind without any reliable cues as to what it tastes like. Right. Yet, isn't that what parents do? Uh, yeah, try, just try, just try. You'll like it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I always just say, try it. It's like it's like chicken. So when it's a vegetable. When yeah. it's a vegetable. <laughs> but what you should do is practice giving your children lots of information before they taste something new. Say, this is crunchy, or this tastes a little like chicken. Yeah, that's not going to work. Hey, okay, the, okay. Or these this are, is these squishy, are, like these apple are oysters. Sauce. So okay, well, yeah. you know when you have a bad cold. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. Saltier. I don't know that I'd go with the yeah, oysters. I know. So I know that some things are hard to like create an equation. You know, but at, equal. at the same time, I know I eat a lot different foods now than what I ate when I was younger. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you're going to develop. T- your tastes are going to be different yeah, totally. as you get older. Have you noticed that in your kids? Oh and yeah. Your kids are older. Kids are uh-huh. more willing to try something. Oh yeah. And I have a son now in Mexico who before. He, oh yeah. He would not eat anything. Mm-hmm. Except white rice. I mean, he wouldn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing it all. Right. I bet you. I bet he's trying cactus nopales. I bet he has. And those are excellent. That's that's my experience with new food. I thought I would hate it, but now I try you like it, you. and it's actually now you can't get good. enough cactus. Yeah. So uh, also make test tastings easy for your children. You you want to. It's tempting to steer clear of challenging tastes and textures, but that keeps your kids are going to be stuck in a rut right? if you do no. that. Yeah. So introduce changes, but introduce them slowly. And then lastly, offer an alternative to I don't like it. It's helpful to remember that young children don't have what researchers call stable taste preferences. When it comes to liking different foods, their taste preferences are all over the board. So, you know. So they, they can have an out. You can give yeah. them an out and say, just try it. Everyone's well, going to try it. But don't don't let them just say, I don't like it. Yeah. Ask what they don't yeah. like about it. Ask them to describe what they've eaten in terms of taste, texture, aroma, appearance, and or even temperature. Okay, my kid doesn't know the word aroma. The should. But that's great because then you can just say, so what is it you don't like about it? Is it the feel in your mouth? Exactly. Is it yeah. the aftertaste? Is it the burn? <laughs> what is, is it? Is it because I poured <laughs> boiling water down your throat? <laughs> this is but. great. No, that's great. So parents, let's get our kids. Because I have a sister. Her kids will try everything. My children, no. My kids will try stuff. Will they? Yeah. It's because you try stuff with them. It's because I force them to. No, I do you want to? <laughs> do you want to go to the next movie? But that has that has been a rule in our house is that you you have to try something before you tell me yeah. you don't like it. I like that. That's a good rule. Like it. Good job, Shawnee. Thank you. Well done, K parents. Get out there, make it happen. Hey, oh, hey, Meg's here. Meg's here. Coming up, the queen, the queen of the Matt Townsend show. That's going to make Maddie mad. Uh, Meg Conley. Meg Meg standing near her. I think they're going to start fighting. They're not even listening to me. It's just my show. (laughs) Meg Conley's here. She's a writer. 
She's the mother of Zuzu and Viola, for heaven's sakes. Blogger extraordinaire, Meg in progress. Meg Conley will be joining us next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. Meg is in the house. Meg Conley. Also, uh... Megara. 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 I wish. Is that your new name? I would be so cool if my parents had named me that. Megara. Regular old Megan. Everybody born in 1985 was named Megan or Tiffany. Who? Why? I don't know why. Well, I know I was named after the Thornbirds character. Really? For reals. More is that more because of the thorn or the bird? Yeah, you've obviously never read that classic. That no. Um, no, but if if you lived during the 1980s, you heard of the Thornbirds, like oh, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, but not the miniseries, the book, which I think is actually more scandalous than the miniseries. So you can draw your own conclusions. Really, <laughs> you always bring us back to books. Always, they're my they're my best friends. They're my only friends. Sad. <laughs> that is tragic. That's tragic. Listen, books are fantastic. In fact, we're going to be talking about them a little bit today. We are? Which is exciting. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Guess how many books I read uh, until I got to college. Here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people who are deep thinkers yeah. don't start deep thinking until college. So like maybe one or two on oh, your part. I think you're mistaking me for someone that thinks deep. <laughs> so zero books before you got to college? I, I've, I read two books. Which ones? If you include the Bible, three. No, if you include the Bible, two. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel there, aren't you? (laughs) Two books. One was called, um, well, one was Huck Finn. Well, sure, naturally. The other, uh, um, Onion John. Onion John. I'm not familiar. It's it's for sixth graders. And you read it in the 12th grade? That was my book for elementary school. Bam! (laughs) No, no. Oh, you're being smart. I'm always smart. Um, no, but that's okay hmm. because often you get to college or to other like pivotal points in your life and Prison. your mind, uh, sure. And your mind decides to, you know, awaken, broaden its horizons a little bit more and you start to crave the written word that happens all the time. So as long as you get to that point at some point, that's what all if, that matters, right? What if you don't? Well, you could read a blog. Sure. See, see that's what's makingprogress.com. Did you Where hear, did that voice come from? Did that you was hear like crazy. a solicited advertisement <laughs> right there? It was like some little fairy nymph whispered in the microphone. Beckonprogress.com. I almost squished that thing when I came in Did this you see morning. that? I didn't. I'm glad that you did it. Those oh, gnats. Be so sad. Uh-huh. Um, because I think we are elitists. We think that I, I should read a book like Thornbirds. Oh, yeah, instead but that's not of, actually literature. Well, that's yeah. just fun. But instead of meganprogress.com. Right, but anything that broadens your mind, anything that like takes you out of um, your comfort zone and forces you to think differently. Popular mechanics, for is example. It, is it, sure, for totally. real, though. I mean, it Absolutely. stretches your mind. Like, <laughs> you don't want to read the you don't want to read the plot right now. <laughs> wow. You're named after... She is one sassy Maggie Cleary, lady. Megan, Megan, but Megara. Meg, it, it takes place in Australia or something. Wow, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, that's did you, it. Did you read the book? I did, but in high school. Yeah. But um Whoa, she's naughty. She is a little bit. But my mom loved that she was spunky, so she named me after that's her. That's totally you. Isn't that not the naughty part? Spunky. I would have named you spunky. 
it, it it's less people take you less seriously with that name. But you're right about like people being elitists about yeah. about book learning. But there are lots of ways. There are lots of ways that you can broaden your horizon. And I think sometimes yeah. we don't even realize that that we need to broaden our horizons. We're yeah. comfortable watching the same TV shows, making the same dinners, living um, the same life, and we think that there is no other inspiration out there because we're not getting it. But the thing is, is we have to put ourselves in the path. Like we have to. We have to allow it to come to us. We have to open those doors, throw open those windows, and and um and draw once back we do, those curtains. Yeah, all that, all those things. Raise those levelers. Sure. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, you get it. I get it. And then, but then once you do that, um, suddenly you're in a place where maybe you didn't realize that your horizons could be grander, but they absolutely can, and we can we can do that by implementing very simple steps in our lives and um and it's exciting and doable and it will help you it'll help you become a more complete person and we we are all looking for that that wholeness right that completeness that's why we're here why but it seems like some people are like eh, i i like gator boys i'm not even sure what that means i like <laughs> I, I like uh, i don't know any shows I like We get it. You don't watch TV. TV shows. <laughs> that's great, though. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I'm saying that um, it's nice to have a, a little diversity in your life. And, and the other thing is, is that when you put yourself in the path of new things, um, you gain insight to your um, for your familiar surroundings also. And you're able to see the life that you're currently living in a new perspective. And that can be really empowering and it can and it can lead you to um, a better understanding of yourself. And so, so mm. it's like this, it's this really cool thing. Um, start embracing the unfamiliar and the familiar becomes a more powerful point in your life. Does that make sense? Not a bit. Stop it. Does no, it that's really actually not? profound, isn't it? So you it stretch, <laughs> you stretch. And when you stretch, what you know and are so familiar with changes sure and becomes and can become a more deeply rooted aspect of your existence it can be your convictions you already believe one thing if you put yourself in the path of the unfamiliar this thing that you already believe that you already um live in your life daily can become a more profound experience because the perspective that you're um approaching it with is so much grander it's exciting and it's simple to do you're you're very deep i am not you are you have to say that because you're hoping i'll bring cupcakes next week I was disappointed you didn't bring them this week. <laughs> I got in trouble because you're not allowed to eat them in studio. Who told you that? Blah, 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 Sean. Oh my not God. really. Not really. He didn't. <laughs> Nobody eats more in studio than this than um, Sean. But, but so it sounds, it sounds intimidating, right? Like you feel it like does. my life is already full. Like I can't, I can't right. do everything. No, and you shouldn't. But um, there are some very easy things that you can start integrating in your life into your life that will help um, help help round your perspective, help add some add some additional light where there may be some darkness. You're going to teach us these things. Yes. Okay, but after the break, because after the break, um, can you think of the moment that you really stepped out of your brain box? Yeah, I made that up, and <laughs> you coin you, it, coin it, trademark, yeah, trademark that patent attorney. We trademark that. I mean, patent attorney in three years. Yeah, go talk to an attorney about that. I don't think he's on me. Not yet. He's so careful. That's why he's going to be a great attorney. <laughs> and we're on the radio. That too. But good. Great continue. point. Yeah, great. Oh, are we on the radio? I thought we were just having a good conversation. Or we're already so on. so embarrassing. People are listening. Well, what am I getting paid for then? Juan, you got to tell me when we're You're on. You're getting paid? That's what the little That's red... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I've so lost the show. Sidetrack. <laughs> the show's just gone right crash. away. So we're going we're gonna to learn. We're going to learn how to broaden your horizons without leaving your okay. house. Oh, yeah. I was asking you. That's exciting. When did... When, think of the first time your head went bam and blew wide open. Absolutely. I've got it in my head right now. Okay. Tell it to us. Okay. I was in the fourth grade. Okay. Um, and... I had so my dad had a rule. You could go into his library and any book that you were willing to read all the way through, you were allowed to read. There were no like restrictions really? in my house. He felt like the act of reading and comprehending was the act of earning it. And so I was allowed to read whatever I wanted. Well, it's so, not he didn't have, I bet, a lot of stuff you shouldn't read. Well, he had books that had like adult themes, certainly. Like Thornbirds. Well, Thornbirds, well that was my mom's, but yeah. Okay. But well That was in another that was in another library. Well, so, so I went he, he had a lot of Wilbur Smiths, which are, like, fantastic. Have really? you read Wilbur Smith? No, no, of course not. Matt! I've read every textbook in the world. Well, I don't read. Oh, I actually don't so read any smart. fiction. I read so many textbooks. No, I don't read fiction. Well, so back, I don't. To, back I won't. to my brain box story. Oh, yeah, back to your Trademark, brain box. Matt Townsend. Yeah. Um, I went in and I picked out Of Mice and Men because I had heard about the Steinbeck guy and I wanted to know more about him. Did you call him the Steinbeck guy? Yeah, well, I was nine. And so so I started reading it at five o'clock in the afternoon and I read until, I mean, I was little, so it took a little while. You know, I read until two in the morning, finished it. And I did not know that that kind of profound beauty and profound pain could exist. I mean, I don't know Hmm. if you've read that book, but the end of it is brutal, right? Yeah. And and I went downstairs sobbing like- How old were you? Nine. I go downstairs sobbing, like I can't breathe. I'm hiccup crying, <laughs> and my parents were up, and and they're like, "What's going on?" And I just hold the book above my head, and I'm like, "Who do you think you are, letting a fourth grader read this book? <laughs> like, what were you thinking? Do you you know earned it, sweetie. Well, you earned it." That's what my dad said. He said, that's "He great. said you're allowed to read what you want to read," and that was the first time, though, that I understood that that kind of sadness could exist in life, and. And also that that kind of sadness could be beautiful and that you could capture that in a written word and that there were people living lives so differently than mine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the men in that book have nothing had nothing to do with what I was experiencing in the fourth yeah, grade. You right? weren't used to it that. Right. It blew my mind. And, and since then, I've been addicted to that experience. But that wow. was absolutely the first time that I felt my horizons like explode that way. Do you know what? I've had a similar experience. Tell me about it. Uh have you ever put a Mentos and a Diet Coke in your mouth at the same time and then tried to hold it all in and keep it all in? No. Try it. That explains so much. Matt, it you're does. so much deeper than you let people know. There's so much depth. Well, that Mentos and the Coke made a lot of empty space in there. So that's yeah. probably why it's a It's hard. Like it it's hard. See, I used to get that same high that you got by reading a, uh, reading a book. I got that same one trying to, n- trying to keep a sneeze in. I did try to do the cinnamon test once. Ooh, that's deadly. Mm. Don't do that one. I about died. Yeah. Yeah. That'll turn turn your hair red. (laughs) Uh, We're here with Meg Conley. By the way, redhead. Suit, I mean, fake. Well, it's it's so many colors right now. Faux red. Yeah, Yeah. faux red, blonde. Yeah, it's a lot of colors. Yeah, there's a lot of colors going on. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Meg's going to give us three keys, three tools. Yes. We call them mind benders. And they're fun. Three, and you're going to feel like a more complete person. Three fun, human-completing mind benders that are going to help you to keep life exciting. Yes. Back, and fulfilling. Back with Meg Conley. <laughs> Meg in Progress. That's the name, the game. It's the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I really have to sneeze. <laughs> and Meg Conley, by the way. She's uh, fighting off um, uh, some type of horrible disease. I just disease. have horrible allergies. Look, it's gone. It's gone. You, call, you say With allergies. With the willpower of my mind, I forced it away. You're a very sickly person. Uh, generally, yeah, but this really is just allergies. Really? I can't take allergy medicine. Is that why your eyes are swollen shut? Yeah. <laughs> you're so weird to look at because I can't tell which way you're looking with your eyes swollen shut. Oh, man. Anyway, we were talking about... Um... <laughs> and there it was. Man. Can she some... lost. She lost the battle. Can I get an umbrella over here? Seriously. Come on. I'm here making your job easier. Look at all this fodder that you're getting. Hey, let's let's give her a microphone cover of her own. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need to replace that. Yeah. Uh, somebody make it. You can take that home with you. Yeah. Come on. All of your no. listeners are struggling with seasonal allergies right now. They all totally understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> are you looking at me? Yeah. Juan, can you tell where she's looking? No, I have. It's creepy. It's freaky. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, over uh, here. Okay, Meg. So... Just we'll, we'll be. I'm here. Just for turn you. your head if you could, <laughs> so we know who yeah. you're talking to. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> oh man. Um, so three things we should do to kind of open up the world to ours. Okay, so this is what's really exciting about exploration, about um, broadening your horizons. I find often that when I have a problem in my life and I can't understand. Um, can you, How can I you, should can, attack it, or <laughs> can you do one thing? I'm just having a hard time listening. <laughs> can you? It's just, can you just, I don't know, use your nose when you talk. Like, just breathe through your nose. Because you're like, you're not talking through here. You got to let some I'm trying, nasal in. I'm trying not to sneeze. Okay. And so if I just ignore the presence of my nose, that makes it easier. That was better for me. Okay. Plus your eyes are more open. So. At least okay. one of them. Now keep going, keep going. Okay. So when you have a problem in your life, I find like, Often, whether it's with our children or we can't figure out where our life path is supposed to go, whatever the issue is, if I step away from it and try and learn about something else, try to explore something else, I will often find the answer in that new activity, in that horizon broadening experience, yeah. okay? And so that's what I'm talking about before the break, about making your familiar a more profound and uh, real experience. And so, so I think that there are three things you can do without even leaving the house. The first we've talked about is reading, reading. right? Okay, yeah. so nobody reads anymore. No. We we read we read blogs, which yeah. is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I read I mean, one. it is it's kind of it's cheap. Hello. <laughs> oh by the way, no, no, oh, by the way, I forgot to introduce <laughs> it. Everybody, you do need to go read Meg's blog, meginprogress.com. Well, well, here here's what it is. And <clears> you can say the same thing about Facebook news stories, anything that you find online or in magazines, but most people are doing the reading online now, is that it it has an element of instant gratification, okay? Like even when I write a blog post, it's almost never over 900 words long, okay? Like the what I say is encaps what I want to say is encapsulated within those 900 words, the feelings that I want to evoke, all that. You read it, it's this little, it's a cookie. It's like a bite of a cookie experience and then you're done with it, mm -hmm. okay? So a full book is a meal yeah. and it forces you to savor what's going on. It forces you to go go through the elements of the, the progress of the story with the author, but it also forces you to sit and think. Yeah. You're forced to ruminate. And we don't do that in these little like sound bites, no, right? Because no. admittedly, my blog is a sound bite. Yeah. I think that it's, they're your, good is... sound bites, but they're sound bites. I like to call it a donut hole. 
I love donut holes. It's just a donut I'll, hole. It, it's I not even if, a full donut. I don't know if the just needs to be there. Like, it's a no. donut hole. No, it's, it's so just good. a donut hole. <laughs> but That's it. It's just a bite. So, so a book, a book forces you to feast. Oh, yeah. And as you're feasting, um, you're introduced to these new experiences, new characters, um, the insights of the author. And, and as you're doing that, you will gain a in-depth understanding of your own life, of yep. your own experience, of your own existence. And I think that people get scared. I think they feel like, oh, well, I immediately have to start with Anna Karenina, which no. actually is very doable. Right. I think that we hear these classic <clears throat> titles and we think that they're beyond us. But I would really challenge everyone to look at, you know, there's all these fabulous lists, like the Smithsonian will put out a list, the hundred books that you should have read that were published in the last century. Find something that was published in the last hundred years so that the the wording isn't, the language isn't completely beyond you. So you don't have to work too hard for it. And then, and then let yourself sink into it. And when you emerge, you'll emerge a different person and you'll be able to see your life in this kind of beautiful new light. Yeah. Even if the book didn't seem like it had anything to do with you. I, I recommend Starve Stuff. Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships, written by Dr. Matt Townsend. Uh, sure, that's a great one. That's where I'd start. I think that that's on that list. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah, pretty I, sure. That I was written yeah, within the yeah, last hundred no, years. It totally so was. I think yeah. that fits. Yeah. yeah. It's, right under, um, it's right under War and Peace. Yep. yep. Right, right, right under That's it. where I have mm-hmm. my copy. Yep. Underneath yeah. another book. Yeah. Hey, um, you know what? Here's our problem. This is why we don't do this. I've had a profound thought. Yes. Actually, well, since your eyes are opening up more, I feel like more engaged with you. Um, it's we we associate the thoughts of these books and ideas with our identity. Sure. So, and we think that's who we are. So you read the Bible, and then you you associate with a thought, and then that thought you kind of take on as part of who you are. That's your identity. Sure. Is like you're Christian, right? Or your. Uh, you're a, a sassy uh, reddish blonde, right? Kind right. of thing. <laughs> but and I think that's what happens is a lot of people maybe don't want to risk their identity by broadening it, right? And reading more, seeing more. But right. what you're saying is, you're not. You're just expanding, right? It makes your you more, options. It makes of, you more firmly rooted in like your true mm-hmm. beingness, and that's exciting. And I think that we're. I think that we're all looking for that. I think that we all at times wake up in the morning a little discontent. Like, I don't understand who I am or I don't understand what I'm supposed to do like in this we're situation. we're strangers here. Yeah, right. And so, and so, and so as you broaden your horizons, you're going to find those answers. And, and I think that we all feel like we'd like to be more well-rounded individuals. And luckily, as far as the reading goes, like it's just a trip to the library. Like um, reading is one of the languages of mortality and it's an exciting yeah. one. And we need, I think that we need to embrace that. It's great. And nonfiction is good, too. It is. Don't you Any, think? Anything that, op- anything that forces you. Like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, but I read that book, The Age of Wonder. Um, it's nonfiction. It's really, really fabulous. And it talks about scientists during the Romantic period. Oh, see there. You lost me. It's it's a beautiful book. Is it beautiful? Book, and, and the insights that I had into my own life while reading about um, the birth of astronomy. Huh. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was a glorious, glorious experience. And and when I picked it up, I thought I was just going to learn about William Herschel and how he figured out where comets come from. But I learned so, so much more. You're, it's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And we're all capable of that. We are. You're weird. <laughs> You're weird. Do you agree? Do you agree, Juan? 100%. Yeah. You like me. I do. You think I'm great. Those, those are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> you can be no. weird and I can still like you. Well, that's actually, he likes people, he likes more people that are weird. 
Great. That's right. probably true. That's um, why I get along with Matt. That's right. <laughs> first, first thing, then read. That's okay, the first so, goal. so start reading. Okay, start feasting. The other thing I think is food. Okay, I think that food culture is very important. And I think that food is a language and we all need to speak it more fluently. It doesn't mean that you need to be this phenomenal, like chef like cook where people are clamoring to eat, you know, your lobster bisque, although that would be fabulous. I love bisque. But, <laughs> you would. But <laughs> <laughs> but it means it means that we need to, you know, I live in Utah currently. Yeah. There's like a lot of jello consumption and like chicken and rice. Mm. And like, that's great. I like mm, that as manna much. Manna from heaven. I like that as much as the next guy, okay? But when you indulge in the recipes and spices of another culinary yes. tradition, um, you start, you're speaking another language without having to sit down in front of Rosetta Stone right. for 12 months. That's why right? I love Taco Bell. Oh my gosh. Don't, I will don't smack even go those there. headphones right off your head. <laughs> that is not branching out. Not even close. <laughs> no, but curry. <laughs> Curry, curry's right. Ever, do you remember the first time you ate curry? Yeah. Well, no, because you know what? I, I broke um, into that sweat, the curry sweat. I, I grew up in California, and so like oh. I was eating it all all the time, right? But I'm sure that it was- Oh, is that what they do in California? We just always had all kinds of different food. You don't have you know? jello in California? No. You no, know, we don't. Okay. At least weird. not with vegetables in it. <laughs> yeah. That's totally weird. I'm pretty sure you get to California, and they're like, leave the gelatin behind. You like can't cross state borders. Food is the other is another language. And so it's exciting. And this is something you can get the kids involved with, right? And so, so is this, is this making the food, or is this just consuming it? Both. I'll consume Both. it. Both. I'll consume it like a... Sure. I mean, find find that Greek restaurant. Like, go mm. go find. There's an Ethiopian restaurant in Salt Lake, for example, yes. where I am. That's phenomenal. Is okay. It, is it? Yeah, it's really good. But the other thing is that's fun is making it with your kids. So, like, an experiment we're doing this summer is for 30 days we're going to eat nothing but Greek food. Like, I've gone out and I've wow. bought I've bought all of their You're committed. The, yeah, <laughs> I bought all of their traditional ingredients. Yeah. And and the kids and I are are learning about that food culture, and it didn't cost any more than my regular grocery budget. Um, Riley wishes I was just doing it. On Sundays because he doesn't really care for Greek food, but I told him that he would love it by the end of well, it. Well, if so, you were a great but, Greek cook, he might love it. I'm a great cook. It's one I, of the only things I do well. That's why. That's why this is one of the languages we need to learn. Sure, but but the thing is, is I think that we look at food as fuel, but it is like it is also poetry. Mm -hmm. And when we allow ourselves to indulge in that a little bit, when we allow ourselves to speak that language, it. The, our senses are important, and that is a great way from your own home to expand your horizon. I think that's cool. Without changing anything except for the ingredients in your cupboard. Plus, you can tell the stories. I have some really good Greek friends that have incredible stories, and they're they're amazing cooks, but they have incredible stories about all of these things exactly. and their history. And exactly, and you're giving your children like this this new tradition of understanding um, the the beauty of food, and and it's a really again exciting, simple way. To to literally add some spice to your life. We see what I did there. Wow! Wow! We um, we <laughs> we do that already with Dino Nuggets. <laughs> hey, my kids eat Dino Nuggets. I know, and, no and then you can talk about dinosaurs. No shame. Yeah, and then you but, just but it, bite their heads. But off. it's amazing what you can do. Like you can, if you're learning about. For example, Greek mythology. You can sit down and have a traditional Greek meal, and then while you're around the table with your kids, you can talk to them about the Greek gods and goddesses, and, and it's all intertwined, and they have that lesson associated with this taste. And then and how it, the dinosaurs ate becomes, all of the Greeks. It becomes this whole – there are still Greeks today. Like, you know that, right? Like, oh, the dinosaurs didn't eat all of them. Oh, I thought everyone was extinct. <laughs> Oh man! See, so, this that, is complicated. But that is simple. That's cool. No, and but I think exciting. that's neat. That's really exciting. Yeah. So you uh, seem excited. No, I am. First language. <laughs> I'm just really. I, I almost caught on fire in my car today. 
So I'm a little I'm a little shocked. I thought you were a firefighter. Well, I am not at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> it's just so darn hard to put that fire out. Um, but so let's go books and uh, food. What's number three? Music. In, okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Fantastic. Yanni. Easy. By the way, while you're doing Greek, <laughs> get out your get out your Yanni music. The Acropolis. Yanni. Sean is super upset right now. I just now. saw Sean's face. I know that's or rude. happy. I can't tell the difference. Actually. No, no, no. That's not a happy face. <laughs> uh-uh. That's he's he seems as bad as John Tesh. John Tesh. Who's he's John, not Greek. Who's John Tesh? <laughs> you don't know who John Tesh <laughs> is. Oh, you little young you pumpkin. Young, cute Are you young, <laughs> you cutie patootie? Don't even know who John Tesh is. Is he the one with the piano? Yeah. Yeah, that narrows it down. Well, and a radio show and a TV one? show historically. Oh, he Entertainment was on tonight. Hollywood TV show or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that he played He's music the, too. He was the six foot five, however tall, center on um, Entertainment Tonight. I remember him on Entertainment Tonight. Like, yeah, that dude could rebound. Briefly. Okay, so not his music, unless it really, unless your horizons are so narrow. Well, no, but see, you that could, that if you want to broaden your horizons, you do a little Yanni. That kind of mm. captures the Greek Isle. You get mm. Enya. Okay, so there's, I guess, Britain. I don't know where they're from. Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Sure. So, see, Great Britain. So um, uh, you could do a little Bieber. There's Canada. So I think hypothetically you're kind of understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, what, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, because here's the thing. Music is storytelling, okay? Mm-hmm. And each each cultural... Gloria tradi- Stefan. Okay, there's nothing wrong with her. What is That's that? Great. Cuba? Where is she from? And what's her... She's better than Bieber. She's Miami, but she's she's representing... Like Puerto Rico or yeah, something? Yeah, Puerto Rico maybe. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Cuban, Cuban, um, Cuba. So, so this is another easy, beautiful way to kind of like expand those horizons. And I think, and I think what you can do is you have Spotify, you have Pandora. Like for example, it's I cool. I love bluegrass, right? Yeah. And so, but bluegrass is really traditionally from Celtic music, right? Which is Irish. And is so it? I thought, is well, it? maybe I like Irish music. Yeah. And so I went and listened to that for a long time. But it, but it's really fantastic because when you learn about other people's um, storytelling traditions, um, it, it helps you interpret your own life. It helps you interpret your own feelings. And, and my kids, my kids love opera now. I, I, I love opera. I started listening to opera. I love and opera. And Margaret is obsessed. Like, she loves really? it. Yeah, she asked for it. Mom, when are we going to listen to the opera? <laughs> I mean, I haven't, like, we haven't gone through <laughs> composers or yeah. anything. But, um... But that's great. And so yeah. she understands that there's something outside of like Yo Gabba Gabba, which is also great. Nothing wrong but with that Yo was, Gabba Gabba. That was, her, that was her musical tradition up until I started incorporating other things. And so, and so I think that as we understand the different ways that people express themselves, we understand how to express ourselves. And that, that also is exciting and necessary I, and easy and free. I think that you nailed it. Bam. And if you put them all together, what have you got? Party. Well, you've got a pretty well-rounded week with no real new input. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just all no old. real new effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, instead of <clears throat> instead of spending twenty minutes in front of Facebook, you spend twenty minutes in front of Tolstoy or Austin or or one of one of the more recent authors, mm-hmm. right? And and then the music is on while you're cooking the new food that you're enjoying. I mean, it's easy. That's amazing. Seriously. And you feel you feel like a more well-rounded, refreshed energetically thinking person we were made to think so we need to give our brains the material to do it sure <laughs> no, that <was> really... <laughs> i think that 
that was to brilliant. wrap it all up. It to really wrap was. it all up. No, that was really good. I, really, I mean, really, I, I like that a lot. I feel like I'm not bringing it this time, Matt. You seem, you seem, you I'm seem non What it is. Is it you don't want to read? No. You hate music. I read, if you, if I, I'll give you a list of books. And you, I bet you haven't read any of them. Probably because I probably haven't expanded my horizons. I think I've even told you enough. to read some. You but have. you always go to these fiction. I do read so much fiction. Go read the book Quiet. Okay. It's about introverts and extroverts. Go read that book. I'm an introvert. Totally. I really am. I know you are. For real. Yeah. I talked to Nancy Inkowitz the time that I hosted this you are. show. Yeah. And she told me afterwards, you're absolutely an introvert. Like, because we had a long discussion. No. I, you are an introvert. Yeah. And, and, and you're not. <laughs> Part of you is not an introvert, but it doesn't mean you're not great. And so we got to go. We got to take a break. But here's we're going to come back. You're going to stay with us. Yeah. Are you um, did you bring any food like Greek food or anything? No, but that's a brilliant idea. You should take us all to a Greek restaurant. There's this place in Salt Lake called Aristos. It's really good. And it's like thirty dollars a person. So I don't go very often. Well, why don't we just all pile into your Lexus? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pack into your Lexi because you have two of them. We could all fit in two of your Lexum. And then let's go down and let's, I don't know. Deal. I'm let's in. I'm in. Bring your new iPhone. <laughs> <sighs> We're going to take a break. Meg Conley. Megan Progress is her name. Today she slid a bit. This was, this was a good segment. <laughs> she slid a bit today. But who's judging it? Who's judging it? It's all good. It's all good. We're You're just glad jealous. she's here. And, you know, we're glad her sinuses are draining. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back to wrap up this crazy show. We're going to be talking about the new things we have tried right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we've been talking about, you know, trying something new. In the house today, though, Meg Conley, a.k.a. Sneezy, is in the house. She's she's rifling through the garbage, <laughs> which is what she's known to do. Meg, welcome back. I Thank you. Good to have you. <laughs> she's trying to save her syllables. So, Meg, um, as we wrap up the show, we, we wanted to go around. I guess, Sean, is that what we're doing? Or uh, who's oh, Maddie. Maddie? I love when Maddie's in charge. Ma- Ma- Bring Maddie, it, Maddie. Maddie can't even reach us. Hey, Maddie. Hi. How are you? Oh, hi. I'm good. How are you? Uh, excellent. So, um, you're going to do what with us? We're going to go around and just you know share some of the new things that we've tried. That was supposed to be yeah. the show theme today. Yeah. Trying new things. Um, so we're going to go around and talk <laughs> about some of the new things that we have been trying. Have maybe, tried ever. Yeah. Yeah. Or recently. Ever. Okay. Just ever tried. Oh, these are, that's easy. What's, what's the, what is the most interesting thing you've tried recently? Meg Louise Conley. Mm, that would be a good middle name, but it's not my middle name. Mm-hmm. The most interesting thing I've tried recently, I went to Hong Kong Tea House, and it's this Cantonese restaurant where the people, the, it, the owners are... Recently from Hong Kong, like they know what they're doing. They know their way around. Yeah. And I tried lamb hot pot, mm. which is basically a lamb stomach, and it's just filled with other stuff is inside the stomach. It's very hot. Not hot enough. I feel like if it had been hotter, I would have like not been able to taste it, so I would have liked right. it better. Well, you also wouldn't have had that stomach problem. <laughs> that may have been what led to it. But yeah, that was probably my most adventurous, like within the past <sighs> few weeks. Wow. The lamb most adventurous thing hot I've... pocket. Hot pot. Yeah. <laughs> I love hot pockets. And you know, it's probably an acquired taste because yeah. apparently they're 
uh, customers are well, well, well acquainted with Chinese cuisine because yeah. you know I, I go there and get dim sum. I'm, I don't usually stray off menu. Apparently, they all really love it, and so I'm going to give it another try. See if yeah. uh, you have to try things seven times for your palate to get used to it and lie. to enjoy that's it. That's a lie. No, it's true. Total lie. Straight up. No, that's true. That's yeah. why you don't eat anything. You try things once and you're you're done, man. That's true. <laughs> So, so if you try things seven times, your palate gets used to it, and then they like it. So I'm going to go back and try no, it again. No, I actually lived in Argentina and <laughs> tried uh, mondongo, which is Juan. What is that? Uh, stomach? Is that stomach? Tripe? I don't know. It's oh, tripe. tripe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, well, they have different names in yeah, Mexico than Argentina, they, even though it's the same thing. I've tried mondongo uh, seven times. Just, so, like so it's it. just not your thing. Sure. But it's it's, it it's cow much. stomach. To know. To know. Exactly. Uh, I've partaken of kind of a pickled cow tongue. So here's the thing. I like cow tongue. I do. And that explains it. <laughs> well, this is... That's just Mike has a really awkward. fun thing to, to share with us. Mike, Mike's Mike, is Mike fun. here? Yeah, I'm here. I've been behind you the whole time. Yeah, the mirror up. You can see me. Well, hey. yeah, there you are. Hey, pal. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, not super recent, but fairly recent. I went skydiving. Hmm. You uh, did not. I did. It was a blast. You, you know, were, were you you were strapped to some man. Yeah, <laughs> on the, on his back. Is that how that works? No, I'm actually in front. He's on my back. Oh wow! And I go first out of the plane. And that's kind of something when you whenever you try something new, you know, yeah. you kind of have to be prepared for it. You got to sure. think think about it beforehand. Yeah. You're, you're jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Right? Did, did you eat anything on the way down? You know what? I didn't. But I felt. I felt sick when I got on the ground. It, I, bet. I bet. It was a, that just adrenaline a f- complete and, rush. Yeah. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. I'm glad I, I did it. Really? Yeah, so it was I, a blast. I forbade my husband from, do, from doing that. Well, he I, wanted to. Uh, How see? could you? You need to let him go. I no. said he was totally welcome to as long as he took out a $2 million life insurance policy that also included something that said I didn't have to take care of him if he was maimed. The, the chances well, of him dying from skydiving is 1 in 400,000. Well, okay, but yeah, but the chances <laughs> of him dying if he doesn't go skydiving it's the is same, zero. It's the same <laughs> odds as eating a lamb hot pocket. <laughs> that actually might be true. That is a solid point. No, but I guess you Meg because I love when you get me no because you have these kids at home <laughs> yeah and you got kids. so if he's, he's you're married to him he's the yeah. father of your kids sure there's you want him to be rules. safe plus yeah. he can so, read a book and go make dinner yeah and he makes you money he makes you money you need you need him to stay alive until well, at and least I've, your kids and are I've given up. up things I have always wanted to hitchhike across America yeah. Like all the stories that would come from that, right? Like the dreams. You didn't do yeah. that, did but you? he asked me not to do that. So I haven't. that's a lot of well, mass murders. Also- <laughs> that's dangerous. That's probably more dangerous than skydiving. I'm just yeah. saying we all give things up. <laughs> just so- just keep eating lamb chops pockets. So Riley can find new things to try and until your kids are old enough sure. that he can go skydiving. Right? Be okay. Right. <sighs> okay, we got to wrap up the show. <laughs> you guys. Wait, this was a show. Yeah. Oh. This dear. is a show. Oh on dear. Trying new things. Hey, uh, here's, here's a quote for you. Uh, this is from Randy Posh, who was the last lecturer. Did you read that book? Oh, yes. You did not. I did. You yeah, lion, posh, right? lamb pocket eater. That's it, when he talks about... Let me just read the quote. Dang it. No, right experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. And experience is often the most valuable thing you have to offer. So you're giving people what they don't want? <laughs> you interpreted that incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, just go blow your nose. Go blow your nose. Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow on the show, and it's too bad Meg won't be here because what a great topic this would be for Meg. Do dads matter? Totally. I know. I knew you'd say that. We'll be talking with the author Paul Rayburn 
about his book that answers that question. Meg, thanks for being here. Thank you. Even though you said that my showing up was subpar and you were no. rude and no, it wasn't any of that. Hurtful. It's, no, but I am glad that your swelling in your eyes has gone down, <laughs> and we hope that your allergies subside. I Thank guess. you. Me too. And you need to wipe your nose. Right Stop it. Hey, we're out of here, folks. Uh, thanks, Meg, for joining us. Go check out her website and uh, uh, her blog. You'll want to start reading that instead of books. Uh, go to <laughs> meganprogress.com. Make a good meal. We've learned today. And thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas and talking about dads tomorrow right here on The Matt Townsend Show.